Chapter thirty one of the Mesmerous Victim by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Trial The parlor was well lighted. In Balsamo entering could see the grim air of the five men who kept their seats until he was before them and bowed. Then they all rose and returned the salute. He took an armchair facing theirs without appearing to remark that theirs formed a horseshoe in front of his so that he occupied the place of the culprit at a trial. He did not speak first, as he would have done on another occasion. From the painful dullness which succeeded the shock to him he looked without seeing. "'You seem to have understood what we come for, brother,' said the man who held the central chair. "'Yet you were long coming, and we were deliberating if we should not send for you.' "'I do not understand you.' simply replied the mesmerist that did not seem so when you took the place of the accused accused faltered the other vaguely still i do not understand it will not be hard to make you do so said the chief officer judging by your pale front dull eyes and tremulous voice do you not hear me yes i hear was the reply while he shook his head to drive away the thoughts suppressing him do you remember brother said the president that at the last meeting the superior committee gave you warning of treason meditated by one of the main upholders of the order perhaps so i do not know you answer as with a perturbed and tumultuous conscience but recover do not be cast down answer with the clearness and preciseness which a dreadful position demands answer with such certainty that you will convince us for we come with no more hatred than prejudice we are the law it speaks not till after the judges pronounce balsamo made no reply seeing the calm and immobility of the accused the others stared at him not without astonishment before fastening their eyes on the chief again you are warned protect yourself for i resume after this warning the order delegated five of the members to watch at paris about him who was designated as a traitor it was not easy to watch a man like you whose power was to enter everywhere you had at your disposal all the means which are immense of our association given for the triumph of our cause but we respected the mystery of your conduct as you fluctuated between the adherents of dubarry of richelieu and rohan but three days ago five warrants of arrest signed by the king and put in motion by sartina was presented on the same day to five of our principal agents very faithful and devoted brothers who have been taken away two are put in solitary confinement in the bastille two at vincennes castle in the dungeons and one is in bizzetta in the deepest cell did you know of this no replied the accused strange with the close connections you have with royalty 
but this is stranger still to arrest those friends sartina must have had the note naming them the only one under arabian characters which was addressed to the supreme circle in seventeen sixty nine when you received them and gave them the grade assigned to them but the sixth name was the count of phoenix's i grant that said balsamo then how comes it that they five should be arrested as by that list while you were spared you deserved prison as well as they what have you to answer nothing your pride survives your honor the police discovered those names in reading our papers which you kept in a casket one day a woman came out of your house with this casket and went to the chief of police thus all was discovered is this true perfectly true the president stood up who was this woman he said a fair and passionate one devoted to you body and soul and affectionately loved lorenza feliciani is your wife balsamo he groaned in despair a quarter of an hour after she called on the head of this police you called in your turn she had sown the seed and you were to gather the harvest in obedient servant she committed the treachery and you had but to give the finishing touches to the infernal work lorenza came out alone no doubt you arranged this and did not want to be compromised by her company you came out triumphantly with lady dubarry called there to receive from your mouth the information which she was to pay you got into the carriage of this courtesan leaving the papers which ruined us in the hands of lord sartina but carrying away the empty casket happily we saw you the light of the all-seeing eye did not fail us on all occasions balsamo bowed still without remark i conclude said the chief judge two guilty ones are pointed out the woman who was your accomplice and may have unwittingly injured us by conveying the revelations of our secrets the second yourself the grand copt the luminous ray who had the cowardice to let your wife shield you in this deed of treason balsamo slowly raised his pale face and fixed on the speaker a glance with the fire in it which had accumulated while the speech was made why do you accuse this woman he demanded we know that you will try to defend her that you love her to idolatry and prefer her above all she is your treasure of science happiness and fortune the most precious of your instruments you know this and that in striking her we hurt you more than in striking you this is the sentence then joseph balsamo is a traitor he has broken his oath but his science is immense and useful to the order he ought to live for the cause he has betrayed he belongs still to his brothers though he has renounced them a perpetual prison will protect the society against future perfidy and at the same time let the brothers gather the gain due to them if only as a forfeit 
as for lorenzo feliciani a dreadful doom stay said balsamo with the greatest calm in his voice you are forgetting that i have not defended myself the accused ought to have a hearing in his justification one word will suffice one piece of evidence wait for me one moment while i bring the proof i speak of the judges consulted an instant do you fear that i will commit suicide said the accused with a bitter smile i wear a ring that would kill this room full of people were i to open it do you fear that i will flee let me be escorted if that be your fear go said the president for only a while did the prisoner disappear then they heard his step descending the stairs heavily he entered on his shoulder was the cold discolored rigid corpse of lorenza with her white hand sweeping the floor as you said this woman whom i adored and was my treasure my only joy my very life she betrayed us he said here she is take her the high justicer of heaven did not wait for you to come and slay her with a movement as swift as lightning he slid the corpse out of his arms and rolled it to the feet of the judges the dark hair and inert hands struck them with all their profound horror while by the lamplight the wound glared with its ominous red deeply yawning in the midst of the swan-white neck utter your sentence now said balsamo aghast the judges uttered a terror-stricken cry and fled dizzily in confusion inexpressible the horses of their carriage and escort were heard neighing in the yard and trampling the carriage gate groaned on its hinges and then solemn silence sat once more on the abode of death and despair end of chapter thirty one recording by john van stan savannah georgia